Anybody else who wants to come up and pray for our graduate this morning? How about that? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for Micah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for his graduation, this accomplishment that he's made. Father, I thank you, Lord. I pray for advancement in his life. Father, I thank you, Lord, that he be a great impact wherever he sets his foot to and his hand to. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the release of your presence on him. Father, I witnessed that, watching him growing up, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, this is a new milestone in his life. Father, we just send him forth as a church, Father, to be that ambassador uh, at BSU this next year and wherever else he goes in his workplace, Father. I thank you, Lord, that he'll be a light no matter where he goes. Thank you, Lord, for his heart of servant, as a servanthood heart, Father, as an example to us. Thank you so much for Micah. Just love him so much. We just send him forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for open doors before him as he seeks your face, as he walks out what you put in his heart. I thank your power, your angels, your goodness, your mercy goes before him. And I thank you, Lord, that you have, will set him on a path of prospering whatever he put his hands to, and that he'll be a light in this world. I thank you, Lord, for as he walks life through, that at the end he will have great fruit in eternity. And we commit him into your hands, Father, in Jesus' name. few announcements first. Uh, first of all, we have a meal today prepared by Scott and Carla, so get excited for that. Um, and, a few, and a few notes here she wanted to, to want to leave. Here's a note from Carla that she uh, wanted folks and families to enjoy having fun together in the kitchen, she says. Uh, the TCC kitchen is open for fellowship meals now after su service on Sundays. Uh, we've been blessed with uh, people like Ad Adana Maria who give us such great meals um, every month, and the youth group has often done that as well, and she just wants to um, invite anybody who would like to, to help do that as well if you want to come in and make a meal, and there's also needs for a cleanup afterwards. That's also uh, something that's even going on today. If someone has that on their heart to come help uh, Scott and Carla clean up afterwards, that would be most appreciated. Um, um, they've been grateful for so many people who have done that ministry over time, and we're looking forward to even more helping out. Um, it's a great opportunity. Me and my wife have enjoyed doing it before. Always good fun. Um, won't you join us, she says. Um, we have the usual uh, things going on this week. Uh, on Wednesday at 6, we have the youth group. Um, at 6.30, they have, we have the Kairos gathering with uh, Tim and Kathy Pomp. On Thursdays, we have Zoom Bible class with Pastor Dean. And also starting um, with my grandma Glennis and Judy, we have um, their 10 o'clock, right? Uh, in the morning, their, their Bible study, they're restarting that, um, I believe, this week, right? Restarting this week, yes. Um, so you're welcome to come and join that. Um, I think they're working out scheduling and sort of... Um, blueprinting what they're going to be doing in the future this, uh, this week starting out. So come, be a part of that. Um, should be a good time. 
All right, and I think we have another announcement over here, right? Good morning, everybody. I'm Diana Thurlow, and I want to invite you all out to a Friday night special this Friday at the um, 18th to our arena, Battle River Arena. Tim and Kathy are going to come, and the Heart of, Heart of Worship team is going to be there, and we're going to have a pig roast at 6.30, and the concert will start at 7. So everybody's invited, and come hungry, and leave full of food and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. All right, I have something to share for us this morning before we start. A reminder that our offering boxes are on the back walls. It's just something I wanna, want us to think about here. All right, this morning, what I have to share with you for our blessed life moment uh, is a short story from my own life. Um, I haven't thought about this story in many years, and I, was, I woke up this morning and um, my wife tells me I should probably plan these a little bit, a little more ahead of time, but oftentimes I'll, just, I'll wake up on a morning like this pretty early and I'll, I'll be thinking about what it is I want to share and reflecting. Um, and so I was reminded of this story uh, and I hadn't thought about it in years and years, so I thought it was, it was worth sharing um, God's sovereign provision in my own life. Uh, at the time this little story takes place, I had just started uh, graduate school here at BSU and I can recall the way I was feeling uh, much of the time during that period in my life. Uh, probably comes to no shock to anybody here that I, I kind of love school. <laughs> um, the, just the thrill of, of learning, uh, intellectual challenge. It's always been something of uh, uh, its own reward for me, I guess you could say. Um, and I remember walking into that, uh, that school every morning and, and having that, that genuine excitement and just pure thankfulness to, to be a part of, of that program. Um, I had no debts. I was actually being paid, if admittedly, uh, something of a pittance. <laughs> but I was being paid to go to school, and I was gaining what I see at least as invaluable experience as a first-time teacher. But what I also remember so vividly about those mornings was stepping out into that cold pre-dawn hours, uh, the sleepy sun just barely peeking uh, above the horizon. It was lightening up the dark air. And I would see my wife, Linnea, she'd be driving off in the car uh, towards another long and hectic day at the hotel. Uh, and it was often a demanding and frustrating time for both of us, especially for Linnea working at that hotel. Um, but Linnea always seemed to be able to take it in stride. Uh, to lay her worries before the Lord, and perhaps what I see is most importantly, uh, she was never too proud to share how she was feeling that day, whether it was the tears of exhaustion after a long day, or tears of laughter, perhaps, of some funny story about something that had happened. Um, she always came home every evening with an open and ready heart. I, on the other hand, had yet to learn from her example. I intended to keep things a little bit more pent up inside. And so many of those such mornings, I would stand there watching her drive off into the dawn, and I would often feel a little bit of something nag at me. Uh, I would hoist up my backpack all full of books, heavy on my shoulders, and I would march on to the silent campus, and I would wonder about the role I was playing in the world, and I would feel what I would call a burden of the provision, burden of provision, haunt, 
my echoing steps through those empty hallways. Uh, so I, I was a student much longer than I expected when we had first gotten married. Um, going to graduate school wasn't part of the plan when uh, we first were together, and, which meant I wasn't bringing home a whole lot of bacon during that time, you could say. Uh, so it seemed only natural to entertain all the doubts and all the fears that would arise as I walked into that school every day. And perhaps some, there are some here who have heard the same whispers in the back of their minds as they go to wherever it is you go every day. Maybe you felt some of that same burden on your shoulders. I would ask myself, would I succeed that day in the tasks that were set before me, or would I fail miserably? Would I win my own approval? Would I get, gain the praise of all those around me, my family, my friends, my coworkers? Would they see me as something great or something just passing through? Would I have enough? Would I provide what I needed to for my family? Would I live up to the image I had in my head of what it meant to make it, to do something, anything that was really meaningful or important or lucrative in this world? Would I be the man and the husband that I longed to grow into and to become? Would I, Peter Coffin, or you can insert your name here, would I be enough today? And so on just such a morning, here I was, walking through the front doors of what was then Hag Sauer Hall, uh, and just like usual, I was the first one there, nobody else in sight. And also like usual, I had run out the door without any time to grab any breakfast, so I was, I was hungry, very hungry that morning. Um, and so again, I was walking through that door, empty stomach, a heavy load on my back, a heavy load on my mind. And without even thinking about it, I was approaching the vending machines, uh, which were placed very, very nicely right as you were coming through the door. There's the vending machines to kind of taunt you with the stuff that I didn't have any money in my pockets to buy. Um, uh, but I could at least dream. I could walk up. I could look at it. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd catch a waft of something, you know, uh, <laughs> to satisfy me at least that little bit that morning. And so now what happened next, I, I have a hard time articulating. It's, it's, it's a fuzzy, strange memory, but I know what happened. Um, so I thought I'd bring it to you this morning. It happened so fast that I barely could take, a, I had to take a few moments to register how unusual what was happening to me was. It seemed like it, it was sort of normal. It should be normal. I mean, it was in the same school as I was every day, but there was something very strange happening. So as I approached the machines, it was like I was caught up, if ever so briefly, in what I think can best can be described as a sudden burst of air or a breath of wind. And this is, I mean, the school, is, it should, it's usually still as, as can be. The air is pretty dead in there, uh, maybe in more ways than one. This burst of air, breath of wind, comes all around me, out of nowhere, and as though the machine was spitting at it violently at me, uh, out of the wind, hits me right in the face, scaring me half to death, a fluttering, single, crisp dollar bill. <laughs> uh, and so I, I catch the dollar bill out of the air, and I'm standing there, staring at it for a good long moment, and after a while, I just, I break into laughter. It's funny, I'm standing there, I'm all alone, and I'm with, I, this dollar bill comes flying out at me. Uh, and it's so odd and so perfect. It's the, the thing that only 
the good God of our universe can literally hit you in the face so humorously and so profoundly with just what you need to learn in that moment. So I realized this, that even if I did manage to procure far, beyond and be, uh, far above and beyond uh, the mo- that monetary threshold, that imaginary goal for what I thought that was appropriate and necessary for a real manly provider uh, to make for himself in this world, I would be deluding myself, wouldn't, wouldn't I, if I believed that any achievement of my own, um, my own doing, could take the burdens off of my shoulders that I would put on myself, that somehow I would worry less just because I had a little more. (laughs) I realized that I was never meant to be my own provider, that we as people were never created to shoulder the weight of our needs and desires and concerns. Uh, I think about what Jesus said in Matthew 6 to not worry about your own life, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your own body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than its own clothing? To look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow or reap or gather into barns, yet the heavenly Father feeds them. (laughs) For your heavenly Father knows that you need all the things of this world, right? But if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are added unto us simply and easily, (laughs) like a breath of air out of a vending machine when you didn't expect it. So don't worry about what's coming tomorrow, because tomorrow is going to worry about its own things, Jesus says. Sufficient for this day is its own trouble that I have taken care of. So this morning, I invite all of us to take just a fresh fresh breath of Jesus, to be still with him for just a moment to let the noise of all the things that are going to pull us this week in all of a hundred directions and seemingly to need our attention right this very minute, to let those things just fade for a second. Imagine taking just one step side by side with your heavenly Father. Imagine what it might be, what it might look like to lose your grip on your life with him to lose your footing and to float, be caught up and immersed, to be saturated and filled from head to foot with the very source of life himself. So Jesus, we just lift up as we give this morning, as we unburden ourselves, Jesus, before you, um, to be reminded of just who you are, how good you are, to be reminded of all the small times that we saw, just like the birds of the air being taken care of, that you take care of us every single moment in small ways and in big ways, in miraculous ways and the most practical ways, that you are with us and guiding us, Jesus. And we thank you. <laughs> we trust in you and you alone. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, Real quick, uh, church family update. Uh, Please pray for Pastor Jim Bender, who is Zach Bender's dad. He fell off the roof of their cabin yesterday. They life-flighted him to Fargo. Um, It looks like he had some internal bleeding. Um, The update is that surgery is probably not needed, thank God. Um, His spine is good, and he may have four to five broken ribs. So we'll pray for pain to subside, that he will be able to breathe well, and we'll pray against any possible pneumonia. Uh, let's, should we 
pray real quick right now. Heavenly Father, we just uh, lift up um, Pastor Jim Bender to you, Lord. I just uh, pray that you'd continue to surround him with your presence, your healing power. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your peace, and we thank you for um, complete restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> oh, magic. Anyways, you know, sometimes you come up with a really good sermon, homiletically intact, got good hermeneutics in it, and the Holy Spirit comes along and starts knocking on your door. I got my door knocked on three times this morning. Someone today needs to hear Psalms 46. Be still and know that I am God. If you're in a crisis, if you're at a point where things are hard, stop. Be still. And know that I am God. He'll take care of it. That whole psalm, you know, says, God is our refuge and our strength, the very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the mountains be cast into the sea. And what happened, that psalm was actually written by Hezekiah. And... A lot of scholars think that it goes back to the time when Sacharib was surrounding Jerusalem and it looked like there was no hope. And Vicki Sharon did a really good teaching on that. You could go back and, and, and if you're dealing with some things, listen to what she went through with that. Um, it would be of great help. But be still and know that I am God. Good stuff. Um, he's a present help in times of trouble. When I got ready to do this message, I thought it was Father's Day. Yeah, I cooked up a good one. <laughs> Reluctantly, because I told people, I got father issues, you know, I mean, I, I've forgiven my dad and everything, but whoa. And then the Holy Spirit, one night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, gave me another prophetic word. And we're going to start with that. And it's, in a, it's not in a story form so much as that it's, it's an event. I was talking to a friend of mine. If we're, gonna, if we're going to give this a name... This won't be the name of the servant. It's taking a couple days off. A friend of mine was uh, talking to a gentleman who said, hey, someone we know has started drinking again. And uh, maybe give him a call. So my friend called him. This guy's had sobriety for 15 years. And he said, um, 
as he talked to him, you know, he, he said, well, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, he says, and he addressed the person's name, he says, I just decided to take a couple days off. A couple days off of sobriety. The problem is, is it went on and on and on. And I felt the prophetic word this morning for someone, and it probably applies to all of us, is don't take any days off. No days off. You know, if you got problems with drinking, don't, don't take a couple days off. If you got trouble with prescription drugs, don't take any days off. If you got problems with pornography, don't take any days off. Resolve, which was talked about last week, not to take any days off. But then what do we do? And this is where the message comes in. Focus or looking to Jesus. If we would uh, put Hebrews 12.1 up. And it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Okay, we got to set it aside. But here's the part I want us to look at. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Focus. Look to Jesus. Don't look to the things that, you know, want to ensnare you, that want to capture you. Looking unto Jesus. As I was uh, considering that scripture, looking unto Jesus means that we fix our gaze on him. We don't take our gaze off from him. We don't take our focus off of him. We have a single mind, a single eye. We're looking unto Jesus. Not to the left, not to the right, unto Jesus. That's all well and good, but how do we do that? That would be my next question. In Isaiah 26.3, I believe gives us a key. It says, um, I guess I could read it right off of there, but thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Who will keep you in perfect peace? God. So often, I think I've gone through that verse and I said, I'm going to keep me in perfect peace because I am going to put my mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that fair? Have you guys ever done that? I need peace, so I'm going to think about God and I'm going to have peace. No, it says, he will keep you in perfect peace. 
So, perfect peace, he'll keep you there, but perfect peace in the Hebrew is shalom, shalom. They didn't say peace, peace, they just said perfect peace. In the King James and other versions, they, you know, they don't quite say peace, peace, but it's wholeness, wholeness. I will keep you in wholeness. And whenever in Scripture you see this double wording, it means pay attention. This is important. God will keep you in perfect peace. Wholeness in every area of your life, whether it's relation, whether it's financial, physical, He will keep you in perfect peace. Um, whose mind is stayed on thee. Okay, we have to put our mind on him. That's the condition. We got to put our mind on him. And so often with salvation, uh, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. There are, salvation is, is actually made up of three components, as I understand it. It's justification. That's when the Spirit of God enters us and we become a new creation. Where there's nothing we can do about that, that's just what God does. Sanctification. We'll go back to that. And glorification. Glorification is when our bodies are raised up and we are, you know, translated into heaven with a new glorified body. But sanctification is part of our job. That's what we call renewing the mind. Uh, I believe the scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which always used to kind of throw me. But what it means is you are the one that is responsible you're the one that says, hey, I got to stay my mind. I got to keep my mind on God. I like Tim was talking about resolve. Well, resolve to keep your mind on him, on his promises, on what a wonderful father he is. Look deep into the things that he's done for you. Rejoice in them. The word mind in this particular instance is yasser. It means imagination. Typically, that's how it's used. Well, in case imagination throws you, I want to give you an example. I want you to think of a dog. Do you have a picture of a dog? Most of us do. How about a black dog? Can you see a black dog in your mind? How about a really big black dog? Do you got it? You're seeing an image in your mind. Your mind thinks with imagery. So, so there are times in life when things are kind of caving in on you 
and you can actually imagine the very worst. Like Peter's talking about, you know, walking up by that, that machine and not having any money in his pocket, and then he could walk, us, walk away and say, you know, I'll never have any money for this, for those Fritos, you know, or the M&Ms. They're out of my life. Or I don't have money for rent. I can see myself on the street. I can see myself living in a cardboard box. Have you ever been there and done that? I mean, half the things you worry about never happen or imagine. One of my friends sold insurance and he said he made it his goal to ask older people if there's three things that you could do different in life, what would they be? And the first thing was, I would worry less. Or I'm just going to say, imagine the worst. That was number one. Number two was have more kids. And because uh, a lot of these people didn't have any kids, they had one kid, maybe none. And I think the third one was, uh, I don't even really recall, it was like uh, basically enjoy myself a little bit more. So our mind is set up to see imagery, you know? You can see yourself winning the award or you can see yourself getting busted, you know? Failing. But we need to stay our mind on the Word of God and on His character and who He is. You know, the old song, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. A lot of times I wake up in the morning, I don't know if I'm born again until about 10 o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. put your mind on him. Put your mind on him. You need to paint the picture you need, to you need to paint pictures and scenarios surrounding the Word of God. Last night I had a really kind of neat meditation and I'm almost a little bit reluctant to share it because I, don't, I, need, I need to clarify it with Scripture a little bit more, but it was with David, it was with David and Saul when you know, David went out to meet Goliath. And I didn't get to the part where, where he got to Goliath, but I started seeing something in there that was kind of unique, and it was, did Saul have a premonition that David was going to be king? Or had he heard something? Or, and was that why he was so willing to let David go out and fight Goliath? Because it made no sense to send this guy out to fight Goliath, right? I mean, supposedly, if he lost, Israel would have had to surrender which they probably wouldn't have done. They probably would have fought. But the Philistines and the Israelites didn't really want to fight at this point. They were just kind of out there showboating, you know, cursing at each other and stuff. I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting deal. But I would never get that without meditating in the Word, without seeing that there's deeper things going on under the scenes. And the Holy Spirit knows all about this stuff. In fact, he is more than, how do you want to, I don't want to say anxious, but he is 
more than willing to set the table and sit and talk to you about the word, if you'll take time. We need to paint the pictures. We need to see things. We need to see God as our supplier, the one that never lets us down, you know. Not the other way around. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Probably one of the stronger verses are scriptures that talk about focus is uh, Proverbs 4, 20. It says, my son, attend unto my words. And um, attend. I started seeing the word attention. You know, like in the military, I never was there, but... You know, you watch the old war shows and you say, attention, and everyone, whoop, you know, they're looking forward. They're ready for direction. They are not messing around, you know, they're not chewing bubble gum and, you know, uh, <laughs> doing something other than they are focused with a laser sight into the sergeant or whatever whoever's giving the command, and the command is given. So we need to be that way with God's word. Attend. Pay attention to it. Don't say, well, you know, I guess some, that's how you believe, and I believe this way, la, la, la. No, you need to dig, you need to find, you need to pay attention. Can't play with it. The word of God is life to us. Incline your ear uh, for the Hebrew. That meant you literally bent your head over and you listened. And there was a commercial years ago with E.F. Hutton. It says when E.F. Hutton, everyone listens, you know, and... This guy would say, well, E.F. Hutton says, and the whole conversation stops in the room and everyone drops their head to listen. You need to hear God's word. You need to hear God's word spoken out of your mouth. You need to hear God's word through preaching and teaching. You need to hear God's word even if you're playing it just on a, uh, you know, like, the version of the Bible. You can hear God's word. And the importance of hearing God's word is faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It builds, it, it energizes that faith inside of you. It changes you. The faith is there. It changes you to be able to receive it. The words that you hear you know, will begin to come back to you and talk to you in the evening when you're quiet. But if you don't put it in, you know what? You might get, you might get something like uh, somebody done somebody wrong song, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, I really need that. One of the things that I really find interesting is like 
unless I actively, with attention, stay, keep my mind stayed on Jesus, I can be out in the garden doing something and all of a sudden something pops up from the past and I go, where did that come from? What does that have to do with anything that I'm encountering or dealing with today? Do you guys have that? Peter calls that the loins of your, you need to tie up the loins of your mind. Your mind will just be out there flittering away and it's like, Something said some, someone said something at one point and you can grab a phrase and all of a sudden your imagination goes with it and you're going off into other places, you know? <laughs> wow. You need to, you need to incline, pay attention, incline your ear. Don't let it depart from before your eyes. See the word of God. Man, today we're so blessed. We can, we can see the Word of God, you know, through sermons on, on YouTube. You, can, you basically can surround yourself, you know, with the Word of God by seeing, you know, uh, a lot of times I like to take a, a gateway, I can, gateway Bible, I can actually take the Scripture and I can put it on audio and put it on the video so I can actually see it, you know. Being read, I can, I can use both of those facilities in my body to, to capture the Word of God, you know, just to keep me moving. But we also see the Word of God in our hearts. The images that we see in our imaginations a lot of times, that, that's, that's the eyes of our, uh, I guess Ephesians says, the eyes of our understanding. You start to see the Word of God happening, breaking forth. Hey, this is never going to happen. This situation is never going to change. Someone will tell you, and then all of a sudden, you got the Word of God inside of you. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You start seeing that overcoming. Instead of seeing yourself getting buried, you start seeing the Word of God. You need to physically see the Word of God, but then in your spirit, you need to actually see the Word of God in your, in your imagination also. Okay. And then... Don't let, them to be, don't let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. How do you keep God's word in the midst of your heart? Meditating, thinking. You know, the interesting thing is when you first were going with someone that became, you know, like, like for me with Chris, if she said something that was really special, it, would, it went right into my heart, right? I mean, I'd sit and think about that. Oh, that was so nice. And what did she mean by that? You know, on and on. Same thing with the Word of God. What do you mean by that, Father? What's going on here? Uh, I don't get it. 
Let it just become part of you. But also, it gets there by emotion too. And me being a good Stoic Norwegian, never liked emotion. But you've got to have emotion sometimes to get the word of God into your heart. Is your heart your spirit? No. Took me 20, almost 30 years to figure this one out. Your heart is where your spirit and your mind come together. Your spirit's already got the word in it. Your mind doesn't. Mind needs help. That's why you need to renew your mind so you get that flowing out of you. The life of God. Which is spoken of next. For they are life unto those that find them. If you find the word, you got life. If you don't find the word, you don't have life. Isn't that something? You got life. If you find it. And it's right here. And you know what's even more exciting? Is it's not only this book, but it's the one who wrote the book. He'll talk to you. I, I just I, I think I'm reiterating this. He'll talk to you about his word. He'll counsel you with his word. He'll counsel you into life. To really be honest about it, it seems like about everything I ever did, I screwed up on, you know? Pretty much, a lot of times. Uh, if I tore apart a carburetor, I always put it together wrong. You know, just different things. I, I could look back and say, man, that was dumb. <laughs> really dumb. And what I've kind of started to see is, you know, God kind of saved my, my bacon many times. He would lead me into what was right, how to do things, because I would stop and say, help, you're my present help in times of trouble. And all of a sudden, I get an idea. Oh, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and that will make it work. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's life. God's word is life. Life coming up out of you. And it's health to all their flesh. And this word actually, health, is medicine. I remember listening to a teaching by Derek Prince talking about God's word is medicine. Kenneth Hagin had a teaching, God's word is medicine. Several others have. There's a, there's a healing effect when we speak the word, when we think the word, when we see the word that occurs in our body. And uh, I think even like praise music, helps heal the body. And we could go into all kinds of interesting things that they've been finding out with DNA and RNA and vibration frequencies, but we don't need to. We have this. 
And we can just trust the fact that his word is medicine to us. It is. Total medicine. That's quite a thought. His word will heal us. His word will calm our emotions. It changes. I believe it actually changes the molecular structure in our body. I do. Because if worry and anxiety will mess you up physically, the word of God will come along and be a medication and will work on you in a positive way as opposed to a a negative way. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. How do we diligently keep our heart? Attend to the word. Incline your ear. Don't let it depart from before your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Those four things. That's how you guard your heart. And the thing that I think is interesting is it comes out of your heart. This healing, this revelation, this fullness of God comes out of your heart. You can't produce it. It's just like in Isaiah 26. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. God will do that. God's word will do these other things in our hearts. And then... I'm going to do something that (laughs) always bugs me. People go, and in conclusion, and then they go on in the in conclusion three or four more times, but this really is in conclusion. I only used about a third of my scriptures. Put away from thee a a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Okay, and perverse lips put far from thee. Okay. In conclusion. You are not going to be able to talk right if your heart isn't full of the word. You know, back in the day, we had kind of this time when, you know, Hung by the Tongue book came out and uh, you know, your confession is your possession and um, all kinds of books. And truth, this is, there, there's truth in that. You better watch what you're saying. But you know what? Unless your heart is filled and overflowing with the word of God, it's really hard not to talk right. Right? I mean, you slam your hand in the door and you see what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, <laughs> the mouth speaks. I think it's, it's one of the scriptures, but we won't. We guys suppose you could put it up there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's interesting is when you get into a crisis, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Or when you get mad at someone, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Or if you find it's advantageous to 
maybe tell a little light why to keep things, you know, kosher. Pressure will show you what's in your heart, and what's in your heart will come forth through your lips. So, basically, focus. Focus our imagination, our thoughts on the Word of God. Focus our attention on the Word of God. Focus our eyes on the Word of God. Focus our hearing on the Word of God. Do these things, and they'll guard our heart. Be a doer of the Word. You become a doer of the Word when you know what to do. So, with that, I guess we will close. And um, just have a, a word of prayer here. Father, we thank you that we don't have to take any days off. That you are exciting in, and, uh, in life. Uh, you are exciting in and of yourself when it comes to this life. You're not a stingy God who lives in a narrow, musty box, but you are the giver of life. You are full of life. You are creative. You are loving. You desire to bless your children. You desire to be known by your children. Father, help us. This is where grace comes in, Father. Help us to be attentive to your word and to realize that sin is nothing more than an opportunity to collect the wages of death. We thank you in Jesus' name for your love for us and for your word. And we praise you in Jesus' name. So, with that, do you have anything to say, Dean, or meal? Eat? (laughs) Good food? Praise the Lord.